what's up? It's the drive with Tim Piper, ESPN Radio 93.5. Derek Piper, Lante, Kyle Tosk. Some good football action yesterday. Yeah. Got that to break down as we go along today. The Kansas City Chiefs, yet again. Oh, boy. Unbelievable. Can't keep Taylor Swift out of the Super Bowl. <laughs> Not even a show in Japan the night before or whatever. Yeah, I know. People are sick of it, but Patrick Mahomes is unbelievable. I'm more sick of just the teams that are never any good. Mm. Just, I don't know. The Lions aren't supposed to win, so they'll find a way to lose. Is yeah. That what you're getting at? I went on a Twitter rampage. I saw it, and I, yeah. I'm like, you know, is it just like all of a sudden they just start dropping passes? and th- I'm like, what? what is that? That would be choking, I think. Okay, I mean, so it's just every year is just a different person choking. I it's mean, just, it happens. It's just amazing to me. Like, I don't know. I got to get over that. I got to. Or bad luck. I mean, I don't know that Zay Flowers choked when he got the ball punched out of his hands at the one yard line. It just the seems Chiefs, like but. those really good teams make those plays, you know, and and they do. And credit credit to San Francisco for making the, or I'm sorry for Baltimore. Gosh dang it, Kansas City for knocking the ball out of his arms, mm-hmm. and then you know San Francisco just had some nice fortune with Detroit just coughing that thing away essentially and i i don't know i just sat there and watched that especially the detroit game i didn't really care about the ravens chiefs i just watched that and had fun i'm happy for allegretti he's got a chance to win three super bowls that'd be the first Illini to ever win three super bowls if he gets that done so i'm excited for him and i don't mind patrick mahomes you know i I don't mind all of that and kelsey's unbelievable a couple catches that he had early in that game just to sustain drives and you know, the Chiefs just did it right. I mean, they they decided we're going to give Baltimore the ball to start the game because we won it in the second half. And sure enough, they stop them on three downs and then they march right down and score. And now all of a sudden you got all the momentum knowing you're going to get the ball in the second half. I don't know. It was a fun game to watch. I enjoyed that. But, you know, was it that fun I, after a while because Baltimore couldn't do anything and Lamar just throwing that interception in the uh, end zone, triple coverage. Triple coverage, yeah. It's like, oh, my gosh. It was so a slog in the second half. It sure. was. It totally um, speaking was. of slogs, let's start here. <laughs> start on the hoop side. <laughs> Illinois, a win over Indiana. You'll take that. It snapped yes. a three-game winning streak for the Hoosiers in the all-time series. They had swept it last year and then beat you in the Big Ten tournament two years ago. But, boy, it was not pretty. 70-62, to 62, Illinois. Indiana does not hit a three. They made two shots outside of the paint all day. That's unreal. Uh, Malik Renew had a nice outing for the Hoosiers inside, which it's another big guy that's kind of put up some numbers against Ilana here of late. Illinois offensively, not great for no. most of the day, especially Terrence Shannon Jr., who was pretty bad. Um, but they get it done. They get it done at home. Shannon makes some free throws at the very end. A runner in the lane by Justin Harmon, which he did in Evanston. You just couldn't get the stop to make that the game-winning shot, so to speak. But they were able to get those stops. Indiana didn't make free throws late. Illinois did. They win. What do, there's a lot of ways to break it down and kind of <laughs> get like the, the ultimate temperature of this <laughs> Illinois team right now. I think even after a win, it's still kind of lukewarm. Yeah. But what do you make of that win for Illinois. I think everybody didn't play very well. I mean, even Harmon, you know, you were there were issues with him at times, and then he makes that big shot, which was huge. Luke Goody was shooting everything strong for a while, and then finally those started to go in. I'm not sure what happened to Gary A. Uh, you know, I was watching it with a lot of friends in a local establishment, and when you're not 
hearing the game. Sometimes you don't get the full storyline. And the, one of the buddies with me, one of my uh, or my friends with me, Grant Baker, who's an assistant basketball coach in high school, you know, he kept saying to me the first half, Gary A is our most consistent player. He has been all year. And I, I didn't, I couldn't argue that. I mean, Coleman has played really well of late. Terrence Shannon, we know, is amazing. But Gary A just, you know, has just consistently gotten you kind of close to a double-double each time. And then all of a sudden, the second half, like, I, you know, the beer's flowing and stuff. And I, I just kind of wasn't paying. I mean, I was watching the game, obviously, very closely and getting upset. But I was like, all of a sudden, I'm like, is Gary A in foul trouble? Like, what? Why is? I don't. I don't get that. Um, yeah, there was. It was just sloggy or whatever you want to call that. And I know there's an adjustment to getting Terrence back. He looks very tentative. And I, I'll start there with you, Derek, because I want to ask you that. I mean, you, you're there. You're watching it from from courtside. Kyle, same with you. It, it, is it more? He's just trying to get his feet back under him, or? Is he just tentative and not wanting to kind of take over a game like he could before? Because something is different with him. And we've been through all the, you know, I've told you about the mental side of things. I can't imagine carrying around what he's carrying around and then trying to succeed in anything in life, knowing in eight months you might go to prison, you know. And But I, he just, he looks tentative. He just, I didn't think, I'll put it this way, Kyle and I both thought he'd explode Saturday. He didn't, and he was quite the opposite. And I know you wrote about that as well. Is he tentative, or is he just trying to get things back, or what's going on? Because he just doesn't – it's not even close to the Shannon yeah. that you remember. Yeah, he's off for sure. Big and it time. does look like he's in his head. Uh, there are times where he looks tentative. There are times where he tries to force the issue yeah. and, and try to get going and has a couple of sloppy turnovers, uh, has taken some – he's settled for some three-point shots mm -hmm. that – I know when they don't go in, then they feel like settling. <laughs> right. But it's still, like he had a matchup. Used to go in, <laughs> yeah. Like he had a couple of matchups. Uh, going back and rewatching some of the the clips where he's on, he's got Renew on him in a one on one, and he pulls up from three instead of trying to drive him. Where you, obviously you'd think that he has the ability to get by him potentially, uh, or even just get to the free throw line. Because we know if he's in a one on one situation, usually number one with so many fewer charges being called this year especially in transition, he is good luck just trying to – you're going to get in front of him, he's going to plow through you, and they're yes, going to call a block, and yep. if he's shooting, he's going to the line. But then also, like, he had Xavier Johnson on him, and, and that should be usually a green light go, you know, go right at him, attack. <laughs> Do whatever you want. And sometimes here recently, that just hasn't been the case. He's mm -mm. passed it up. Uh, pretty much the signature play that defines where Terrence is at, I think, in, in his headspace is like – there was a long tap out or something, a second chance. He gets the ball and he's he's waiting to give it back to Marcus Damask, who's a little bit further in the backward than he than he is. And he kind of extends the ball out but waits. And then Anthony Walker just takes it right out of his just hands and goes the other way. It ends up getting fouled in the fast break. So uh I get that it's a situation where you're trying to reacclimate after not even practicing or playing for three plus weeks, but he doesn't look confident and a lot of times not assertive and when Illinois is not going in transition he's not getting to the rim so uh, I think all in general Illinois offense has kind of been stagnant especially in that game would agree now uh, Indiana had something to do with that they sure. had some size they had the ability to double Damask uh, in the the mid post the booty ball stuff and they wanted Illinois to take threes Illinois settled I thought for too many threes yeah in the first half Brad said today I know we're, we'll play what he said on Saturday but Brad's like I would 
I think we're passing up too many threes, which it depends. Mm. I think Coleman's done that. I think Quincy's done that. There but, were a couple times they were hesitant to shoot that ball. Yeah, for sure. And, and there were multiple guys. And, and I, I would sit there and I'm like, shoot it. And, I, they, just, and they had good looks. I mean, Damask. Damask hasn't really pulled the trigger much on his three, and I, I don't know if he's in his own head about That's another one, yeah. The the uh, from the three point line. I personally think Indiana's better than you guys think, or at least Kyle. <laughs> I think they're pretty. Good. I think they can be a pretty formidable team, especially when Ware's on the court and you're pairing him with Renew. That's a hard combination. And if Xavier Johnson, who hasn't been right all year, if he starts playing like he did against Illinois, and of course he had the Xavier game against us, and I'm like. I'm telling you, that kid has got some talent, but he's just he's just been, you know, he's been injured. Then I think he was kind of self-imposed, not playing much after he got kind of the the technical in the one game. So I, I've seen Indiana a lot. I think they're they're formidable. So mm-hmm. I'm not look at, listen, first of all, I just when that ended, I'm like, thank God we won. That's that's all I cared about. I honestly I didn't care if if it was going to be the worst thing to talk about today, I was just glad to beat Indiana. That is the game I want to win every year more than any. And you needed to win that. You could not suffer another loss against a average team mm-hmm. at home. You just could not do that. And when Indiana was up seven or, you know, just kind of maintained a four to five point lead, like throughout, you know, through some of it, I mean, I was like, what is going on? Like, I know Illinois is going to rally. They're at home. Usually the home team rallies. Usually they put it away and win this thing, and they did, to their credit. But, man, that could have been ugly with a, win, with a loss there. So, I'm, that said, I'm glad that Illinois got that win. But I think it has been – it hasn't been – what's the word I'm looking for? Flowing. Right. The last few games. And, I, and I'm, not all, I'm not blaming all that on just Shannon is back with the team and they're trying to – transition him back and everything there's times Shannon isn't on the court for a long time and they still don't look great I don't know is it that you're in the dog days is it that you're in the big 10 and these teams kind of understand what you're doing I mean Brad's been around a long time coaching is this his ninth year that can't be right is it his seventh or eighth I was gonna say I thought somebody said nine I was like there's no way he's been here nine it's his seventh year okay seventh year so he's been around long enough to where I'm sure there's tendencies that he has that other coaches understand and just like Illinois knows with other coaches in the Big Ten I don't know here's what I hope Derek and then I'll shut up while you're transitioning Terrence back keep winning these games I don't care if they're ugly or not and get yourself in position I don't think they're winning the Big Ten so get yourself in position to make a nice run in the Big Ten tournament and then really make a nice run in March. That I, I want to be playing when March 1st rolls around. I want that flow of that offense back, and it's not there right now. Right. No, and I think it's – there's a number of different things that you can kind of point to and highlight what's going on. Number one, it's it's rare. There, It's a rare occasion where a team is a freight train through the entirety of the season. <laughs> right, that's a good I, And not to have the ebbs and flows and not to have – get nights where you just don't play well and it's better to play like crap and win than to play like crap and lose Amen. so at Illinois on on a relative sense it was a pretty crappy game against Indiana you just are glad number one Khalil Ware was out number two that Indiana decided to not make threes any threes in a game for the first time in 14 years and it, you actually have to go back to 2010 that's the last time they had a game where they didn't make a three but they were over nine uh in Champaign I, I think that 
it was fun on the bright side. Some irony on the uh, I I wrote about it. I tweeted about it. Our buddy Luke Goody, yeah, from Indiana, not recruited from a Hoosier family, parents that went to IU, a brother that goes to IU, an uncle wow. and Trent Green that played quarterback at IU. They didn't really recruit him, and boy, could they use him because he mm. made some big threes in that game. And Indiana now has been a team really since Archie Miller got the job at the front end of, of Brad's tenure as well. They've been a terrible three-point shooting team pretty much the last seven years, and this year they get very, very little production from the outside there. But uh, to flip it back to Illinois, I think scouting has something to do with it. Indiana had a full week sure. to get ready for this Good game. Good point. And Illinois I, in the middle of playing a lot, aren't they? They played three games in the span that Indiana played one. So there was some of that. I know that might sound like excuse-making, and I'm not trying to make excuses from Illinois. Uh, I do think that Indiana's size, we talked about it going into this game, plays well to match up with Illinois because they're trying to hunt smaller defenders to get Marcus Damask matchups and whatnot. It just feels like Shannon, what he's going through, not being able to to acclimate him quite yet, or him just playing bad. I mean, he's just flat out not playing well. Mm-mm, no. Is kind of messing up some of the flow. But I think in general, teams are figuring out what Illinois wants to do booty ball-wise. And sometimes booty ball, like, let's call it what it is. It's it's isolation basketball. That's what it now is. Now you play out of it. Like, if they keep you in a one-on-one, you're going to – back down and have Damash shoot a turnaround or back him all the way into the paint. But if you they want to draw a double and then play out of that on passes, on kickouts, Illinois has to be willing to willing and able to knock down those shots when that happens. But it just feels like it's gotten clunky and stagnant. Yeah. And I, I think part of it, when Terrence gets back to playing at a level that we're familiar with, then I think that will obviously help. And uh, I'm actually more concerned with what Illinois has done defensively recently. Can I say one thing and then you move to defense? Yeah, I thought Indiana did a good job closing out on threes. Mm -hmm. I thought they did a pretty good job on that. I still think there were some threes Illinois could have taken. And somebody did say on the uh, text line that might be why Quincy was sitting on the bench, couldn't make free throws, and he wouldn't wouldn't take the three. The other thing, Derek, is the cuts to the basket that seemed – so prevalent in this offense, the last couple of games have been taken away. Yeah. And I credit the other teams for that because I was shy. I remember telling, looking you right in the eye on this radio show saying, I can't believe they're able to cut like they have all year. I mean, it's not, it's not, look, it's a great pass from Damascus. It's a great cut from, let's say, Gary A. But it seems like that could be something you could shut down if you're a defense by just trying. Mm-hmm. You know what yeah. I'm saying? So I'll, I'll, I'll let you go back to the defensive side. But I, I did give Indiana cr- pretty good credit for closing out. I thought they did a pretty good job of understanding what was going to happen next. And it seemed like they always had someone at the next pass or even the next hockey pass, as I like to say. And then if you notice the last couple of games, there haven't been many dives down the lane for open – Layups and or dunks, and we'll get to the layups in a bit. <laughs> Is it oh, me? Boy. Do we just no, not make I mean, layups? It's, it's it's tough right now. I've Finishing been complaining about this forever. Some, one of the guys I was with is like, well, on those aren't exactly layups. Yeah, they're, I know. They're I, at the rim shots. But that's I'm why like, I say at the rim. Okay, well, I'm six foot, and that's a lot harder for me than if I were six eight and you're right at the rim. Right. I just don't – they just don't – those are that's a tricky shot for them, and I don't understand why they're so bad. At I, I know <laughs> most of them are contested. They You're not are. seeing very many uncontested blown layups. That's true. Although Ty, right out of halftime, they threw a perfect lob to him, and he yep. just couldn't make it. 
I know there was a guy trying to contest, but it looked like it was one that should have just went in. So that, that's why I say at the rim, uh, layups, kind of gets the connotation of like you're in the layup line. That's and, true, oh, that's man, true. they've only made 12 of 36 of these? How? <laughs> How is that even possible? But yeah. I'm not saying you're wrong by calling it layups. No, no, literally no, on the right. statue it says layups. <laughs> so it's frustrating because at the rim the last few games – has been an issue, just point-blank range, not finishing. And you know those guys know how to shoot those shots. So I mean, this yeah. might just be a deal where, I don't know, get the Tom Izzo football pads out, take a broom, and beat <laughs> the crap out of them as they're shooting layups in practice. I don't know. What so, I, some of it's trying to be too fancy or finesse. I feel like, like Coleman, in particular, stood out in the last game. I think Quincy at times as well, maybe like trying for an up and under or, or just Good instead call. of trying to just take it through contact. There was one where Coleman – this is going to shock you, but Coleman had an argument with the referee after he missed and thought he got fouled. But uh, Gabe Cups, their 6-1 or 2 oh, freshman yeah. uh, point guards coming over on a rotation to contest, and Coleman like takes it and does like a – I don't know what – I don't even know what – I, I know exactly not, what you're talking If you're watching about. me on YouTube, you're kind of like the, the wraparound, like the up, the, the hesitation and wrap around, and I don't feel like he got touched, but – uh, anyways, it, it, instead of just going up there and, and finishing with strength and right. and physicality. So I, I think there's some of that, and some of it's just luck. Like some of it yeah. is bad luck. Like the way the the ball was just rolling around the rim at Northwestern and then just falling out. Yep. Like, and Maryland here, same deal. Yeah, They went so, like 10 minutes without – yeah, I think that'll sort itself out. Some of, Yeah, some of that'll just the, – the at the rim luck will start going your way. Agree. Again, it's just one of those things. <laughs> It's weird. All right, defensively, you you were about to, yeah. to talk about Illinois' defense, and I think you were going down a troubling path. There have been some issues. There, there have. Been, we, this team was talking about, you go back to earlier in the season, could they be one of the best defensive teams in the country? Could they be the best defensive team that Brad has had at Illinois? And, yes, you have a, a number of good individual defenders. Like, Coleman is a legitimate Deserves to be in the Big Ten Player of the Year, Defensive mm-hmm. Player of the Year, consideration, race, what have you. I think Quincy's a pretty good individual defender. I think Terrence is obviously a pretty good individual defender, although of late, Terrence has really struggled at that end. Coleman looks like a stretch for having to play the five, and it makes sense why teams are throwing it inside. I don't necessarily blame Coleman for that. Like, I think it's Illinois to try to get him more help, double-team more often, have guards come down and swat the ball which it didn't feel like they really forced the ball out of Renew's hands until the last five minutes of that game. Then, of course, he ends up fouling out within right. that to help as well. That's huge. But for Renew to have 21 on 12 shot attempts, really owned a lot of the one-on-one matchups that he got. And here of late, I, whether it was Terrace Reed from Michigan, whether it was Julian Reese, Reese yep. with Maryland, even uh, Cliff Amore in the Rutgers game, even though Rutgers was horrible offensively, Amore scored it pretty well really inside. Good. Yep. So I think centers have hurt Illinois, and then their you know guard play, Bowie and Jameer Young, who are going to hurt a lot of people. <laughs> but we talked about Illinois' ball screen coverage against Northwestern, which I thought was pretty poor. Xavier Johnson, although sometimes it's just one of those things, like a guy is due to play at his yes. his level versus the struggles that he had. But 14 points for him on Saturday, he had scored 12 combined in the four games before that. So crazy. I think some of it is Illinois not cutting off, driving lanes well enough, not playing the ball screens well enough. And then if you get switches on the Goody and Damask, I mean, that's just – those guys aren't that fleet of foot. They're not that quick. I, 
I'm not trying to bash our guy here, no, but it's, it's, just, true. it's just it's just one of those things that it's not ideal uh, as far as that goes. Luke's a plus for effort. Yeah, and just sometimes he just he's not able to. Yeah, you're right. Sometimes speed beats, beats that, that, and that's true. not necessarily on him again. But uh, I think that this has been a pretty average defensive team over the last month. They're capable of more, and I think they'll need that if they want to stick in this Big Ten title race or even just bigger picture. Putting a team together that's ready to go on a run in March, they got to be more than just a an average defensive team. Well, let me ask you this, and then I know we need to take a break, and we've got some Brad Underwood as well. And Kyle, I want you to respond as well. When things were going right, so when it ended with the Missouri game, when Illinois just pounded Missouri, and when things were going right for this team, both offensively and defensively, what was happening? I think defensively, Terrence Shannon was your best defender, obviously on the perimeter, and we would talk about it all the time in the sense that he would take – I mean, you know, I, I can remember us talking about how he's doing this stuff on the offensive end at 22 a game and seven rebounds, all the while guarding possibly the best player on the other team. And I think that is one area that is slow to come back for him. And, and it makes sense. I mean, it, it all makes sense. I, I'm shocked it's taken this long, honestly. But, but let's say that's going to correct itself with Terrence – and I think that was kind of the straw that stirred the drink, if you will, defensively. You had Terrence being able to shut down one of the best guys, if not the best guy on the other team, and then it all just kind of worked from there. I also think Kevin Willard did a hell of a job with Maryland in dissecting the idea that he wanted Coleman to have to defend the post. Mm -hmm. And I know you didn't hear that because you were covering the game, but it was on TV at halftime, or right after the game, I'm sorry, and Willard basically said, and I've said this three times, so everybody's heard it, but he said he gave Coleman credit that Coleman is so good defensively. And it was coming off the Michigan State game where there's clips of Coleman guarding Tyson Walker. Yep. And it's like, well, how is he doing that? But it's essentially the idea that Willard wanted Coleman to have to defend only one spot and not all over. And that's something that's like you got to be a more brainiac basketball guy than me to notice that, and I give Kevin Willard credit for that. And I think other teams now have seen that, kind of like when Purdue used Edie to guard Rodgers. I think yeah. other teams now saw that. And I'm sure, look, I don't follow, you know, Maryland or some of these teams as close as I – none of these teams as close as I do Illinois. I'm sure there's things Illinois sees that the other team is doing that they take advantage of defensively as well, but – I just feel like when Shannon gets back to his A game, I think it's going to, we know, help offensively. I think, A, it'll help the transition game. He'll get going. How many times did he come down and score in transition? And it was like the next thing you know, you were on 8-0 run, timeout the other team, you're up 10, everybody's in good shape, and, and you're feeling right. Plus, he would knock down threes. And then defensively, I think when he gets back to his A game defensively, that he's able to kind of start it by saying, I've got this dude, I'm shutting him down, you guys do the rest of it. I don't know what the answer is with Coleman playing the five. Because I'm with you. I don't know that it's necessarily Coleman's fault because he's more of a four, but you don't you don't want Dane down there covering a Julian Reese, I don't think. I mean, unless you're going to try to give him more time. But I think Brad, it seems, is okay with what's happening down on the post as long as everything else sorts itself out. Well, it hasn't sorted itself out like against Maryland and such right. when Jameer Young was doing his thing, plus Reese was doing his thing. 
and Amori was doing his thing for Rutgers, but I think it helped with everybody else. So I don't know. I I I just think get it's so simplistic. Get oh wow, Lon said today that if Terrence Shannon gets back to his A game, Illinois is going to be a lot better. But that's kind of the breakdown of it because I, I I really truly believe he is an offensive weapon that's ridiculous, but he's also a defensive weapon and also in transition. And right now, I think all three of those are being hurt by him not you know basically playing his C game for Illinois. Yeah, no, I fully agree with all of that. I think that as far as the the down low points, we've talked about it. I, I think that Brad wants to play the math game of we don't allow any threes, which. Yep. That was played out in a literal sense on Saturday, but if they <laughs> hold <laughs> to an opponent to very little threes with not helping out, helping off a, a whole lot, then you're probably going to be in a, in a sense where unless a guy like Trace Jackson Davis scores nearly 40 on you inside, you're probably going to be in a decent spot. Got it. That said, I, I would argue, why can't you do both? Why can't you right. double and then recover or at least show help and then, and then go back and Indiana, you could give them like warm up jump shots from three, and they may not make thirty five percent. That's just the way. That's how bad they are from the outside. So uh, I think that there, for me, defensively with Illinois, what was going right? Yeah, absolutely. Terrence being a high high level defender, I thought him and Ty had done a pretty good job of disrupting backcourts. Agree. Uh, save for you know FAU who put up a lot of points. That was a, a shootout. You just scored more points than them. So, uh, but in general, I felt like on the whole, those two were a pretty good duo to throw at backcourts yeah. that Coleman defending multi-positionally, versatilely, being able to switch. I think that's what the Big Ten does to you, though. And I'm sure it happens in other leagues, obviously. Uh, it's not like the Big Ten's the only league that has good coaches and good scouting. <laughs> right. But you start to pick, pick out different weaknesses or pick yep. out certain things that stand out. And I think that it is make Coleman defend on the post. He is, as crazy as it sounds because he's not really a true five, he is more of a a average defender guarding a post-up right. than a five-man guarding a one. Like, mm, yeah, He's no, more comfortable guarding boo-booey in space than he is guarding a legit center back to the basket. That's, that's true. Just, that's just the reality uh, with Coleman. So there's that part of it. Illinois going to have to adjust to that. And I, I think they could use a little bit more wrinkles defensively. I'll give Brad a little bit of credit, although it's fun, funny today. We'll play the sound probably tomorrow, but... Uh, he's playing a little bit of zone, although don't tell him that it's zone because he apparently doesn't like that. <laughs> Matchup, huh? He, he wants it to be called man with some switching and uh, Coleman playing center field. <laughs> Brad, it's 2-3 zone, okay? Uh, anyways. <laughs> don't put that on me, Ricky yeah, Bobby. exactly. <laughs> I just think some more wrinkles defensively. That includes varying up their ball screen coverage, having Coleman be a guy that can blitz people, uh, you know, be able to trap Boo Booey off a pick and roll because Coleman's that, that – that versatile and that mobile. And then offensively, it felt like they had a good balance between what Terrence was doing well, which is downhill. Of course, Terrence, you couldn't really guard him because he was hitting jump shots yes. at a high clip, like 41% from three. He flashed a little bit of the mid-range game, and then obviously he can go to the rim. Now that he's not making jumpers, he's one for 14 from three since coming back, mm. you play his drive. That's you right. want to, You want him to shoot the three, and you cheat on his drive. So with that, it's made Illinois a little bit more predictable or limited offensively. And then I Good think point. I think earlier in the season, they had a better way about him with, all right, we're going to booty ball some, we're going to put Terrence in the pick and roll some, and we're going to just be able to have a flow about us 
possession to possession, and then mix in transition offense sure. too. Now it seems like the booty ball has gone a little stagnant. Terrence downhill isn't there. Teams want to take away the transition, and it's just it's become a little more, a little more congested, a little more clunky, which. The Big Ten tends to do to you in general, but that's kind of what I see offensively. Yeah, and I, and I think Bill has a good point here too. You don't get transition back at baskets off of makes, and other right. you know yeah. offenses have been better, uh, been more efficient against you to where you don't have many chances to run as much. But that's true. Here's one thing, and then we can take a break. Like when you were talking about, you know, Brad has been okay essentially with Coleman and and, and that down underneath. The thing that that scares you is if you get into an elite eight battle, let's say, which we would all be excited to be an elite eight and you're going against Baycott from North Carolina. I mean, he's going to put up 40 against you. If you let you don't him, double. Yeah. Yeah. If you don't double, he's going to just absolutely own that game. And like you said, as long as like trace isn't getting 40, like he did last year, then Illinois is okay. As long as that big man is getting maybe a 20 and you're right, Derek. I mean, I think that's true. I, I mean, Amori did it. Amori had his, almost tied a career high that day for Rutgers and you still won that game because everybody else did their thing and and you shut down everything else on Rutgers like Mag didn't do much Hyatt didn't do much that game because it was your defense Mm -hmm. (laughs) excuse me doing that but I just I had this vision in my mind of you know when we get into March and you all of a sudden play a team like Carolina let's say with Baycott I'm like oh I mean, there's a lot that of them out there. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> I don't a rematch with Kansas and, and dealing with Dickinson. They'd probably oh, yeah. try to throw it inside a little bit more, although I'd argue Dickinson isn't the most – Right. He's not the toughest five-man out there. Yeah, I think he's okay living – Even if he okay walks into living... the arena with a, with a ski mask on. <laughs> he's okay living five feet from the bucket. Yeah. And out. You know, I mean, he'll get to the bucket, don't get me wrong, but – Whereas a guy like Baycott's, every shot's going to be a layup. Exactly. Or a dunk. Exactly. So, I don't know. That, that, that image, scary as it is, came into my head as you were saying that, and I'm like, eee. It's something that could hurt you. Yeah. We're due for a break here. I do want to get Kyle to weigh in, though. Kyle, what's the difference in your mind between Illinois when they're playing at their best and the recent version of Illinois? I mean, it's obvious with Terrence, but how are you seeing things? Yeah, I mean, I don't know. It's... It's tough to figure out more than it's just you're trying to integrate this star caliber player back in, and it just seems like that chemistry that they had both when he was before suspension but also then when they didn't have him, it almost just feels like everybody else is kind of playing the same kind of tentative way that he is trying to get him going, and it just feels like everybody's a little off and they're not in that same rhythm that they were. I don't know if it's just – I'm not trying to say it's all his fault, but I, 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 I don't really, I don't know. I just feel like there's a – and you even hear we have a clip of Coleman and Luke that we could play next segment talking about like trying to get Terrence's confidence back. It almost feels like a team-wide effort to try and get him back into things, and it's almost taken everybody else out of what they were doing well when he wasn't there but I, I don't know other than that I just think yeah you've gotten deep into the season Big Ten teams are scouting you more taking advantage of matchups more and now Illinois got to adjust I feel like they haven't really done that in the last couple games and now they're going to have to especially as they see some of these teams a second time coming up here and I would hope there's nobody in the party of we're better without Shannon I hope there's nobody out there you if you want to do magical things and look, we've had teams that we thought could do magical things, and they didn't in March. But if you want to do magical things, you need Terrence Shannon playing at All-American Of course. Status, of course. Like he was before this. So just in case 
there is a segment out there that is, you know, like, well, I, I think we were better without him. I, no. no. Maybe right now, maybe right now getting him back into this, but, you know, you, you, you kind of persevered. You did what you needed to do to get a victory against Indiana. And the other thing I don't think we're giving enough credit, and I guarantee you Brad Underwood would start it and probably did today, is that Illinois won't have a day off for, what do you say, 15 days due to these frequency of perhaps, games. Yep. And, and the Big Ten is one of those where a team all of a sudden takes a week off and you won't see them play for a week. And Illinois is just right now in the midst of where they're – I mean, they got a game tomorrow night. They do. In, in Columbus. Columbus. And yeah. it's like – I mean, think about it. How many times you've been here on the show? Like, they haven't had much travel and all this stuff, but all of a sudden now it's starting to happen. So, you know, and it's like, oh, well, Pipes is gone again. Illinois, oh, that's right. They got another game. I mean, that's a quick turnaround for today, and then what? They go again Sunday, I think. That's right. So they'll get a little break after little Ohio break, State. And then after, so they play Ohio State Tuesday at home against Nebraska Sunday, and they're off until the following weekend. They play at Michigan State. That would be Saturday, February 10th. There so all of next week, they're off, and they do get a, a little bit of time after tomorrow night's game in Columbus as well. And you know what? I don't care if tomorrow night's game is three times uglier than Indiana, just walk out of Columbus with a win. They are not good. Yep. They are not good. That team has been horrible all year. And just, I don't care how you've got to do it. Bruce Thornton went crazy against you last year at Columbus, and they won that game. Just do whatever it takes to win by one point if you have to and get the hell out of Columbus with a victory. Yeah. Please. Ohio State's lost five of six, got annihilated by Northwestern Ugh. on Saturday, 83 to 58. They're bad. Been pretty rough. My uh, best coach in the country. Who? Uh, is he in trouble? I think he might be. Yeah, he might be. Juwan is gone, right, after this? He should be gone. I mean, <laughs> Everybody in the Big Ten is going to have a party if no, he's back. Well, yeah, right. Well, <laughs> Oh, that's a whole nother conversation, yeah, I though. Know. I just started. Uh, we are due for a break. If you want to weigh in, you can. Plenty of you have. 217-359-2255 on the U of I Atlanta Link text line. We'll get to some of your texts as we go along. Like Kyle mentioned, we'll play some Brad Underwood and also Coleman Hawkins, Luke Goody. Spoke to the media after Saturday's win against the Hoosiers, as ugly as it may be. And then let's talk some more NFL before we get out of here. We have the Super Bowl. It is San Fran against the Chiefs, part hey. two. Yeah, I know. But uh, have some thoughts. Detroit blowing a big lead. Yeah. Lamar not getting it done. Taylor Swift going from Japan to Vegas in a 24-hour span to make sure she's there. I'm sure you all care. Oh, boy. And then Mahomes is just further stacking up that resume as an all-time great. So, He's ridiculous. Uh, we'll get to all that, but we'll talk some more hoops as we go along here in the immediate. Stick with us for that. This is The Drive. Thank you for choosing two men in a truck. How may I help you? Hi, I have a strange question. What happens if it snows on moving day? I don't want my furniture to get wet and destroyed. Well, that's not strange at all. We have the same concerns for your furniture. With over 9 million moves completed, our team is experienced to handle any weather conditions. Because we pad and stretch wrap your furniture before we put it on the truck, we'll make sure your belongings are safe and dry no matter what the forecast says. Not sure how your move is going to work? Go to twomeninatruck.com for your free estimate. 
I'm Justin Ike, co-owner of Fred's Plumbing, Heating, Air Conditioning, Electric, and Underground. So, Justin, tell me what you see as typical when it comes to sewer repair. Give me a scenario. Your sewer's backed up, and somebody comes along and says, you need this repair for X amount of dollars. Here's my price. And you don't think to go looking for another company or a second opinion because you don't feel like you have time. So is it possible that you might get charged a little more because it's kind of a desperate moment? Do some companies do that? Oh, absolutely they will. They know you're in a pinch. Typically, if you call us, me or Will can be out there within an hour to look at that problem for you. Whether you call me first, you call me second. Make sure you give me a call. Anything else, Justin? You can always trust Fred's. Great to know. Thank you. That's Justin Ike, the co-owner of Fred's Plumbing, Heating, and Air Conditioning, Electric, and Underground. If you want more information about this great 45-year family-owned company, just go to fredscu.com. That's fredscu.com. In an ever-changing real estate market, it is so important to work with experienced agents like Russ and Nick Taylor with the Taylor teams at Taylor Realty Associates. They have the knowledge and expertise to get your home sold for the most amount of money in the shortest amount of time. Trust the experience and success of Russ and Nick Taylor with the Taylor team at Taylor Realty Associates. Give them a call today at 217-355-0700 or visit them online at taylorboys.com. That's taylorboys.com. Are you tired of shivering in the winter? Look no further than your local heroes at ABC Heating and Air Conditioning. Hi, this is Gina inviting you to give us a call at 217-352-5400 to book your appointment to make sure your furnace is run safely and efficiently this winter. We've been proudly locally owned and operated and have been serving our community for over 50 years. ABC, always be comfortable. Call me, 217-352-5400 to book your appointment today or go to abcheatingandac.com. St. Joseph Ogden FFA has their annual dinner and auction on Saturday, February 10th with a dinner at 5 p.m. then a live and silent auction at 6 p.m. No tickets are necessary and everyone in the community is welcome to attend. Items to be auctioned off include bags of seed corn, various Milwaukee power tools, store lock toolbox, Toro mower, custom-made fire pits, solo stove, cardinal tickets, and various gift certificates for local businesses. For more details about the auction, check out our Facebook page at St. Just Vogden FFA. The money raised at our event on February 10th will help support our agriculture education program and our FFA chapter. This money will be used to create an array of scholarships, state and national FFA convention registrations, and SAE grants. We would appreciate your support of the St. Joe FFA on February 10th at 5 p.m. at the St. Joseph Ogden High School. No tickets are necessary and everyone in the community is welcome to attend. Follow us on our chapter Facebook page at St. Joseph Ogden FFA for updated info. Since Busey Bank first opened our doors in 1868, we have built upon a tradition of close relationships and broad financial capabilities. Our experienced team provides the highest level of personalized service to ensure we accomplish your goals, simplifying your wealth management and business lending needs, and ensuring a legacy for generations. Building business, growing wealth since 1868. Proud to be the official bank of the Fighting Illini. Member FDIC. Well, we went from a uh, probably more eye-pleasing loss at Northwestern from a fan standpoint and probably you all standpoint and uh, to a very, very ugly W. Really proud of our guys because you have to win these games. You have to, you have to find a way. And um, they had a unique, I think, day. If you want to talk analytics... 
possible possible points. Derek, what's it called? Points possible. That's it. If you total up all the field goals, all the threes, all the free throws in the game, we're plus 34. That probably means we didn't have great offense. But um, when you don't shoot threes and make them, uh, they were over. Uh, it's one of the one of our big philosophical deals. It becomes very hard to win. I think they had two shots outside of ten feet, maybe that they made in a game that we didn't shoot the ball particularly well, and we didn't guard very well, to be very honest, at times. So Lucas, uh, Luke Goody, huge, huge day. Elite. His rip drive baseline was something that will go on the film at the end of the year. But he made threes. Uh, he got some good looks. You know, Justin was plus 24. Um, I thought his, his shot, obviously, at the end was a big one. And then I thought that in a lot of ways we got Terrence going a little bit at the end. Six rebounds. You know, he's, we, we haven't had a lot of practice time with him. He, you know, he's holding the ball too much. I actually set him for a long period of time today. But, um, you know, I felt really good about the way he finished the game. I ran a, a little play for him at the end of the game. Isolation to get fouled. And then Quincy was, was, was um, a little off today. And, um, you know, Luke was playing great. And it's a nice luxury to have that. And, uh, you know, I thought Marcus is, uh, you know, he was our Luca so to speak. He's doing just about everything and um, was, was a rock again and 10 rebounds is, is, a, is a big day for him. And you know, when you tell your guards to rebound, he literally takes it to personal and, and goes and does that. So, but uh, ugly win and give Indiana a lot of credit. I thought they played extremely hard on the defensive side and had something to do with, with, with us missing shots, but uh, we'll sure take it today. That was Brad Underwood after Saturday's 70 to 62 win over Indiana to improve to 15 and 5 on the season, 6 and 3 in the Big 10 standings. Wisconsin's still all alone up top. They're 8 and 1. They beat Michigan State in very convincing fashion on Friday night. Now ranked 6th. In the number the 6 in They're the country. They're number 6 now. New AP poll came out today. Purdue, where are they at? They're 2. UConn's 1. 48 first place votes. Purdue had 14. So Purdue's two, Wisconsin six, Illinois the only other Big Ten team. Northwestern didn't get in, huh? In the top twenty-five. No, Illinois is at fourteen. Mm. Is that what they were last week? They were ten. They've been bouncing back and forth. Yeah, right. They were fourteen, and they were tenth. Now they're fourteenth again. They're back to fourteen. So, so yeah, Wisconsin eight and one, Purdue eight and two, Illinois and Northwestern both six and three, and then a lot of muddled mess there in the middle. Right. By the way, Marquette ninth now. Okay, and they've Florida, gotten hot a little bit. Yeah, Florida Atlantic twentieth. If you want to watch a thrilling end of a game, just turn on FAU because oh they will goodness. play to the final minute, regardless of who they're going against. Now, North Texas is a decent squad that they played uh, this past weekend. Yeah, beat them by three, right? John L. Davis did a three, I think, with maybe one second left. <laughs> to they're win. clutch, baby. They're maybe cl- that's how good they are. The coach is like, okay, again. I want this team, North Texas, today to, to play with us the entire game. Let them play with us, but then we're going to learn our in-game result that, that we need to work on. So that's how good they are. He mm. just works on, like, now go win it. 
That's what they did against. That sounds like the Brandon Podjemski. <laughs> I read a story on him right before the draft or right after he got picked, and his dad said something about. Oh no! Brandon used to say that he would purposely pitch into three-two counts when he was a pitcher oh. because he just got bored up there on the mound and okay. wanted to show that he could get out of a jam. Okay. And we're like, all right. He, thanks, thanks, John Podjemski. Go back to your DMs. He would have been. <laughs> he would have been ultra annoying if he would have gone to Wisconsin. Oh yeah, and turned yeah. into one of those guys. You know why? He was still he, annoying, and then he still was a little, yeah, a little annoying. He would have played four years at Wisconsin for some reason. Mm-hmm. They, they, he would have played. He would never have come out of the lineup. He would have started all four years. They would have won two Big Ten titles with him. Yeah. Thank God he didn't go to Wisconsin. Yeah. All right, let's get to a couple of your texts here real quick. Let's see. Kyler asked on the U of I Atlanta Link text line, did Xavier Johnson change his <laughs> shot or was his shot always that ugly? I admittedly was asking myself that same question. It was too. It is disgusting. It's ugly. Has it always been that bad, Kyle? I think it I has. I think it has. That's why I was begging them, like, just send Xavier Johnson's defender to double renew and let him take that ugly shot yeah, 14 if, times. If he makes I, one out of four, I do great. not care. Was the, game, the game was tied, right, with about 50 seconds to go or so. Terrence plows into Xavier Johnson. Mm-hmm. Like, I thought it could have been that a charge because he, yeah. he lowers that shoulder like maybe a, a Jerome Bettis or somebody in the hole. There's no doubt. Like, gets the foul, makes two free throws. Xavier Johnson goes down the other end, gets fouled by Terrence on a drive, but then he misses both. And that was essentially that was essentially game. Because Well, I, I do want to give credit. Justin Harmon yeah, makes the runner after that. And then Ooh. Indiana's not able to, to pull back within, but... Yeah, Xavier at the free throw line and from three. No bueno for them. Uh, a two one seven without an outstanding five or a true point guard, I believe the Illini are playing up to their capability. Yeah, I mean... I mean, without Terrence... We've Terrence, seen him play higher than this, yeah, though. So. Yeah. Without Terrence being All-American caliber, which you know he can get to, I'd say there's obviously still room to... There's no doubt. ...to grow or return to, some would say. You're seeing some warts. And I'd rather see those now and work through them than to appear out of nowhere in in March. So, you know, we're seeing the warts a little bit, and you got to work through them. And I think even Damask is, is, you know, understanding the the booty ball stuff and trying to figure out, okay, how much is too much? How much is enough? How much should I do more? You know, I, I think there's just different things that they're all trying to figure out and work on while they integrate Shannon back into the role he needs to be, which is the best player on this team. Tim asked on the U of I Atlanta Link text line, if Shannon is rusty a few more games, should he be moved to the sixth-man role? I had somebody ask me that Saturday, and I said no. No. They probably not, yeah. I mean, they're gonna they're all going to play their certain minutes, whether they start or not. I, no, I – No. Indiana, I felt like he hurt you. Yeah. Northwestern, I don't think you win regardless whether mm-hmm. he plays or doesn't play or what have you. And I, I don't think this will continue for too much longer. It could be tomorrow night. It could be the return home against Nebraska after some more practice time. Go two weeks from now and they're playing at East Lansing. Then you definitely have had a good amount of practice time. He's going to break out at some point. Right. I do wonder about the jump shot. The jump shot's a very rhythmic and like get out of your routine type of thing. 
but him going to the rim and defensively, he really doesn't have too big of an excuse. I don't. No. I don't feel like he's out of shape. I just think that he's got to sit down and be competitive and nowhere to be. Also, in some like help situations, like Anthony Leal just back cut him at one point where Shannon was ball watching. That's just something that you got to be more locked in or just you get back into game situations like, oh, yeah, yeah, people might do that to me. He's got to get his mojo on, and it's going to take a big game. Yeah, And yep, then I yep, think yep. we'll be fine. I think we'll all just say, okay, Terrence is back, and we'll be good to go. So I, I am not worried about it right now, especially if you can still fight out wins like they have with sure. Michigan State and Rutgers. I know they lost Maryland, but – the win against Indiana, and again tomorrow night, just figure out a way to win that by a point at least and move on. And eventually, T- Terrence is too good not to get back to what he was. I mean, he was a surefire All-American. Mm-hmm. There weren't – I mean, there. I mean, he the was best one players of, in the country were Zach Eady and Terrence Shannon. Yeah. Without Kevin McCullough a doubt. was up there. But sure. Yeah, it was probably those two, one, one and – too so just we got to get him back to that mark took a shot at me <laughs> man mark you better get used to lon because uh i know friday is i'm not going to be here friday for sure if mark only knew how many times in 14 years i've dumbed myself down to make other people sound good it's probably my best talent very much a leadership Exactly. And, um, I take make one other for people the team. better type of thing. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. You said Kyle is very perceptive. Oh, when is your next vacation long? <laughs> well, I'm glad you said that. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> I, uh, my vacation's put on hold with the Piper child. Sorry. That's no, 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 no. I, I listen. Andrew's finally playing a little bit, but uh, yeah, no, it's good. I, I'm in the. I will be gone the last weekend of June. I know that. Okay. <laughs> Fair enough. This is how bad it is. We, we should got, probably both leave then and just call it a, let's call it a call week. It a week off. Let's call it a week. We got Andrew's summer baseball schedule, which is eight weeks, usually eight straight, but for some reason we're taking the last week into June. And I, I told my oldest, I said, hey, I want to be in a Caribbean somewhere. Somewhere. I want to go on one of those catamaran cruises. It's pretty cool. That would be awesome, wouldn't it? You know, it's funny. You told me – that there was like an eight-year gap between you being out of TV and then getting yeah. into radio. I had a dream over the weekend that you were a lawyer in between that time. <laughs> I think it's just because of all the the law stuff I've had to deal with. Right. Like, I saw some pictures and like you were like looking super serious in a suit. I'm like, what? You know, I just dabbled in yeah. my. I just dabbled with my law license for a few years. You know, <laughs> I, know I was why. better call Saul. Don't ask me why. <laughs> pretty funny dreams are they can, crazy they can be, aren't they? they can be wild man i dreamt last night that my oldest son never wanted to spend time with me really so i texted him this morning i'm like <laughs> you're an ass like you never want to spend time with me and he goes what are you talking about and i just put ha ha i said i had a dream last night that you like avoided me at all costs <laughs> and i was just with him all day saturday yeah. so yeah dreams are kind That's of funny. how they go sometimes my wife will wake up and say man i hated you in my dream last night <laughs> <laughs> sorry Am I supposed to say sorry for that? Thank goodness I still like you. Yeah. You know, that's I hardly ever dream. I, I'm, I'm missing out. Really? I'm just one of those people that n- almost never dreams. You know why? You have no stress. Yeah, that's mm. not true. Well, <laughs> I okay. wish it was. Life stresses. You have sure. grade stress. I think it's a lot of it is like 
your mind is so occupied on so many different things. Not that, and I'm not discounting being a college kid. I can remember that, but well, kind of. But it's, (laughs) but I think you just have so many. You know, when you have kids and jobs and just bills, too many things that could go wrong. Right? Yeah, there's so much that could go wrong that I think it's like Kyle could miss miss a class. We're downplaying, we're downplaying things that could go wrong for Kyle. Kyle is not going to miss the class, well, so nor be, will he there get could a be beat. positive dreams. Correct. Right. Are you straight A? Uh, close. Of course he is. Close. Yeah. Well, get it going, son. Your parents didn't send you down here to get B's. <laughs> Look at me. I'm like, hey, guys, just graduate. That's what I told Lucas when he went to Arizona State. Kyle, were you in that mile-long crush line on Saturday? I was not. I went. I had. I went back home this weekend. Oh, okay, I'd missed the game. I was bummed out, but also not because of how it played out. But yeah, right. <laughs> I did see the line. The line I was not. I was, was it crazy? I probably would have showed up way too late and gotten screwed if I was here. How many total? Well, we're we're way heavier. I know. How many total crush are in a game? Is there a number? Like two thousand? Well, I think there's three thousand seats okay i wouldn't sh- i know there's got to be a number of how many actual crush i might numbers. be off on that number okay. i think that's right that's though. fine muhammad listener you just aren't remembering your dreams it's not yeah. that you're not dreaming yeah, you know what because he sleeps all night he doesn't have to get up to go to the bathroom like i do piper's not there yet it, it sucks getting old it's weird the cat wakes me up in the middle of the night it's not <laughs> it's not my trips to the bathroom the cat it's like a it's like a five five a.m yeah feed me <laughs> Let me outside. He's like, I'm going to pounce now. Yeah. Anyways, <laughs> do for a break. We'll talk some NFL as we go along. Get to your texts as well. 217-359-2255 on the U of I Atlanta Link text line. This is The Drive.